This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. It's a pleasure to be joined right now by Catherine Minshew, who is the founder and CEO of The Muse. Catherine, great to talk to you. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. You're an interesting person to bring into this discussion because of your company and your connection to where the labor force is right now. Give us your kind of 30,000-foot view of of where you think we are at the moment. Yeah, like you said, it's a really interesting time. We have seen that, you know, we're first of all in one of the most imbalanced markets in the favor of job seekers that we've been in for a long time. I believe, um, you know, we saw something like a, a record 11 and a half million job openings, you know, higher than than has been seen since this data started being recorded. And yet, obviously, that, you know, the, the sort of white hot labor market is not hitting America equally. There are certain industries, certain segments that are on fire. We're also seeing a lot of kind of change in the in the rules, in the norms. You know, when I started work, it, people were told that if you don't stay in a new job for two years, it's a black mark on your resume and you might struggle to get hired again in, in the salaried field. We're now seeing yeah. that, you know, 80 percent of young workers say it's acceptable to leave a new job in under six months if it's not as advertised. And so, you know, not only is there a lot of pent up change coming out of COVID, but we're also seeing this new norm among a lot of workers where they expect work to work for them and to be aligned with, you know, their life and their priorities instead of the other way around. What are you seeing in terms of the amount of, of companies listing jobs at this point and the types of listings that are being posted? Yeah. So on the Muse, we have seen uh, you know huge increases in demand for technical workers, particularly in data analytics, data science, and engineering. We're also seeing a real surge in demand for uh, go-to-market roles, which I would characterize as sales roles, customer service, and customer success, account management. Um, and then, you know, because of all of the investments that people are making in growth, there's also been a corresponding increase in things like uh, financial analysts. Um, we've actually seen a huge shortage of HR workers, recruiters. Now, the last two to three weeks, we are starting to see some companies implement hiring freezes. But um, for now, there's still you know, so much demand for workers that um, I think that um, while we're seeing sometimes that there could be a change, right now there's still enough companies that are hiring and looking for talent to kind of make up for the um, for the, the shortfall or the pullback that we're seeing on behalf of a few places. So it's interesting. When I went to the Muse recently and I was looking at the site and how it was constructed, constructed excuse me, uh, I found it interesting that in terms of, you know, kind of the menu of options that people can look at, you have a section on perks and benefits. You have a section on type of leadership. Maybe a few years ago, we wouldn't have talked about this as much. But right now, these are two areas that a lot of people are talking about in terms of what they want from a job and the type of environment they want from a job. Yeah, it's been fascinating, the kind of strong and positive response we've gotten to these new filters. And, you know, it makes sense, right? Right now, the Muse is the only platform, to my knowledge, where you can specifically say, I would like this type of job with paternity leave, a flexible work schedule, and, you know, that's founded and led by a veteran or female founded or led or some other, you know, sort of attribute. And, you know, again, each job seeker is making individual personalized decisions about what works for them or what's important for them. It's not that there's, 
you know, a, a sort of one size fits all approach to finding the job of your dreams. But I, I do think we're seeing this kind of growing demand from so many people to work at an organization that they feel is aligned with their values and their priorities. And again, whatever those values and priorities are, we wanted to architect the Muses site to give people a chance to find that and to give people just more options. If, you know, the leadership attributes of a company is not something that matters to you, great. You know, you can use uh, one of our many other filters, but it, it has been really interesting seeing the way that, like you said, some of these perks and benefits that we wouldn't even necessarily talked about, you know, five years ago are becoming really defining factors in certain people's job search. So let me for a moment kind of theoretically put you in front of a group of soon-to-be college grads in this type of a labor market. What are you telling them? What's the advice you're giving them right now? Yeah, you know, first, I think for early career professionals, um, I always recommend that people prioritize learning and growth. This is a great time in your career to try a lot of different things and to work with people that you can learn from and, um, and, and that have something to teach you. So, you know, my advice would be to, uh, you know, if you have the flexibility to not take the highest paying job, to, to really think about what are some of the other factors that matter to you other than compensation. Sometimes it takes people, you know, getting into a job or two to realize that certain types of company work environments or work hours are, you know, more motivating versus really demotivating. So I think, you know, understanding what matters to you. Um, and then I would encourage college students, you know, to think about, um, you know, what, what are the transferable skills that they may have acquired or experienced in their education, in student or part-time jobs, or in other life experiences that they can bring to a company because interviewing is really a two-way street. And, you know, I think yeah. that um, just as I tell companies all the time, you can't just be assessing the candidate. You have to also convince them that you're a worthwhile place to work. You have to you know, communicate your work environment, your culture and values. I also tell candidates that it's not just about what the company can do for you, but also what you can do for the company. This idea of shift shock, how much do you think that that will continue as long as kind of the great resignation is around in some component? Yes, uh, we, we are definitely going to see a lot more shift shock. So, so for those who aren't familiar with the term, it's something that I coined earlier this year to describe the phenomenon of people who start a new job and then realize with surprise or regret that it is not at all as they were expecting. It's sort of that like, oh, no moment that sometimes occurs. And the thing that's interesting is, you know, shift shock has been around as long as companies have been hiring. We've always had situations where someone starts a new job and it's not as advertised. But I think that there's a few things driving this kind of increase in shift shock right now. One is that many people are interviewing virtually. And so they're not getting the same sense of a company's culture and work environment as if they came into a job. Second, people are moving away from this, you know, older traditional attitude that work is just a paycheck. They're starting to expect more from their jobs, more from their colleagues, which means that, you know, they're, they're looking for factors that they may or may not get when they start a position. And then finally, you know, I mentioned this at the beginning of the, of the interview, but um, people are more willing to leave a job that doesn't work out. In the past, I think when people did feel shift shock or disappointment, a lot of times they just kind of had to deal with it and truck on in that job, you know, until a sufficient amount of time had passed. 
But what we're seeing from the current labor force is that um, a lot of people are saying, no, thank you. If this job is not what you promised or what I expected, um, I'm going to leave. In fact, in our recent survey on the news, um, about 20 percent of people would leave a new job in under 30 days if it wasn't as advertised. Mm. About 41 percent would leave between one to six months in. And like I said, 80 percent of people said it's acceptable to leave in under six months. So I think that you know, people are reacting to this shift shock when they experience it very differently than, uh, than you know, employees did in the past. Catherine, great to talk to you as always. Thanks for a few moments. Thanks so much for having me. Catherine Minshew, founder and CEO of The Muse. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.